All right, guys, so this week <laughs> I texted the elders uh, and a few mentors. This is a brand new Bible, okay? This is a uh, New Living Translation study Bible. It is genuine leather. The reason why I bring that up is, is Micah don't buy genuine leather Bibles, okay? Because Micah poor, okay? Those things are expensive, all right? This is a $170 Bible, but I got it for 70 bucks. And so automatically, blessing, right? So I get this Bible. I was so excited when it came in. You asked Dylan. I was pumped, man. When it came in at the George store, I was all pumped up. I got it. I immediately started messing with it. But uh, I didn't know who this, he wanted me to buy it. But I was like, why? I've got a New Living Translation. I have my study Bible that I've had since I began my major walk at age 30. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, if y'all remember a while back, we, we preached and, and I showed y'all Don's Bible. And I showed y'all my new Bible, and I was like, that's a Christian warrior Bible, and this one's a new Bible, okay? All right? So this one looks not quite like Don's. Don's yours looks bad, but it looks kind of like that, you know? And so I've got my study Bible, right? Like, that's the one that I always study with, that I always get into. So I couldn't understand why he wanted me to do this. But I was obedient, and, and, and he also knew I couldn't afford this nice one, so he got me one on sale on Amazon, even better. So the Bible comes in anyway, so I, I get it, I'm all excited, and I'm reading through this Bible, and I still can't figure out, why do I have this Bible? And I asked him, he said, that Bible's not for you. He said, that Bible is for Annabelle, which is my oldest child, that's 15, she's a freshman in high school. And he put on my heart, he said, that Bible, when she graduates high school, this is going to be my Bible for the next three years. And when she graduates high school, I will have read this entire Bible. I will have taken notes on every page, and I'm going to hand it to her as her graduation present. What's really cool, guys, and I highly recommend, y'all pray about it, obviously, but this is something I recommend to all fathers, uh, whether it be a son or a daughter. And I thought it was kind of cool because I was like, well, God, I kind of want to put my name on the Bible. You know, I don't want somebody stealing my Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want my name. It's a leather Bible, right? He said, yes, put your name on it, but put it at the top. And then when Annabelle gets it, her name will go under mine. And then when Micah the second gets it, you know, <laughs> go there. And so on and so forth. Do y'all understand? So I thought it was really cool. And, but what it took, I need y'all to understand, was just a step of obedience to buy a Bible that I really didn't think I needed. And from there, now I'm looking at it, this Bible's going to be history. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a, a legacy that we get to pass on from child to child. So I just, I wanted to share that with you, but really that's nothing, the story that I was wanting to tell you. Man, I'm going to get this in. Like, by the time I get through talking, it'll be time to go, won't it? Okay, so I'm going to spread this out a little bit. So anyway, I open the Bible up, right? Genesis 1-1, you know, in the beginning, and I'm reading it, and I'm taking all these notes, man. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to show you, man. I'm proud of it. I took a ton of notes. I mean, it looks like my old Bible. I mean, this thing is just marked up and beat up all over Genesis 1-1, right? So I get to this one spot in Genesis 1-1. And it is uh, it's Genesis 1, verse 26. I'm going to read it to you. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Now, I've been studying the Bible since I was 30 years old. So not that long. I'm not a whole lot older than that. So eight years. And, uh, but I've been in it. I mean, crash course just all over it. And, of course, I've been reading it my whole life. But, I mean, really in the last eight years, really studying it. You know what I'm saying? Like diving into it. And I'm not even to the second chapter of the book, and I'm stumped. It says, let us make human beings in our image. 
who is us? Who is our? I mean, we know God's there, right? We know the Holy Spirit's there because it tells us at the first of Genesis that, you know, he's hovering over the waters. And we also know from the book of John that the Word was in the beginning and Jesus Christ is the Word. So we know it's the Trinity that's there, right? But the question that kept popping up to me was, I kept really digging into this, but weren't angels made before humans? Like, you know, I was like, so, so the angels look just like us. So God made us in his image. And then, so anyway, what I need to get is I got all this stuff in my head and I'm trying to figure it out. That's stupid. That's stupid. And I'm going to explain why. So I send a text out to all the elders and to my mentors. And I send them exactly what I just told y'all. Like, who is it? Who is us? Who is, who's we? Who's our? Who is it? Who's, he talk, who's God talking about? Who is Moses? Moses wrote, who's he talking about right here? Like, who is this? And I'm getting all these replies. And they were great replies. And I truly believe, I will say this, I think he was talking about the Trinity. I'll say that. But here's the thing. Don. It's always Don. Don sends me a text. This is his answer. He says, I didn't bring my phone, but he says, God told me to go read, what was it? Hebrews chapter 3. I was like, man, that's not an answer. Like, I need to know who this is. But he said, God told me to go read Hebrews. That's a typical Don answer. I need you all to understand that, okay? I'm going to read this to you guys. This is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And, and most of y'all will know this. But So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we did, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. So Don says, go read it and tell me what you get out of it. I said, well, what I got out of it was, is because of Jesus Christ, we can go boldly to the throne of God, and we receive his grace and his mercy, but we can also go to him and ask questions. We can ask him things boldly. See, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, his bloodline and our bloodline match. Therefore, we have an extreme family relationship now with God. So we can go boldly just like one of his sons and his daughters and sit next to him and ask him questions like you would a father that is mentoring you, right? You know, I mean, how many times I, I remember my, my grandfather uh, was, a, he was a cool guy, man, like World War II vet, so forth, so on, and I would sit down with him and just ask him tons of questions. Well, that's what God wants us to do. Go boldly. You have the right to be there. Understand? So anyway, I, I told Don that's what I got out of it. Well, well Don said, well, I got something else. <laughs> and what I thought was beautiful, he kind of shoved it back in my face. He said, no, God told me to go read 1 Timothy. And I was like, I don't know how you got that, by the way, out of Hebrews. I, I don't know how you got that, but whatever. So, so we go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses uh, 3 through 6, I believe. Make sure I got that right. Yeah, three through six. I'm going to read this to you guys. <laughs> Don, you make me mad, man. So when I left uh, for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus to stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Now, Timothy was having a tough time 
with a lot of people at that, at that point. He was a young pastor. Let's continue. Uh, don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with the love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed this entire point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussion. It doesn't matter who us and we and our was in Genesis 126. All that matters is that we teach God's love. You know, I owe y'all another apology. Man, I've screwed up bad this week. Um, when we did the series on the book of James, because I've read it so many times. Man, this thing's driving me crazy. Hang on, guys. I was digging so deep into that. I was trying to, each week, I wanted to leave y'all with some nugget, some something that you'd be like, ooh, I've never heard a pastor talk about that before. I apologize. I learned this week the only thing that I need to concentrate on teaching you guys is how to spread God's love. So I apologize to y'all. Um, please understand, I don't mind saying it, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty much a rookie pastor. And uh, I'm learning just like you guys are in the last two years through this process. So I would appreciate in y'all's patience and mercy. But one thing I need y'all to know, I promise you, I go to war for y'all every week. I will never turn away from you. I'll fight your battles with you. And I'll do all I can to bring y'all God's truth each and every Sunday. <laughs> I love you guys. And, and I truly mean that. You know, I, I remember Leroy saying one time, he's like, hey, dang, Micah says he loves everybody. And he says, the thing is, I think he really means it. I do. <laughs> I really do. I love you guys. I need y'all to understand that when God puts you in this church, y'all became family to me. I take it so serious protecting the flock that he's put in front of me. And I know Bojo does, and I know Zaire does, and I know Mikey does, and I know our elders do. Y'all are protected here. This is your home. I also need you to know that if you do something wrong, this is something I've been looking at the last couple weeks, guys. When you do something wrong, don't think we're going to shun you or dismiss you. Guys, I promise you we will welcome your mistake with open arms to teach you how to get past it. I promise you that. Don't ever think you can't come to me if you need help with something. Don't ever think you can't come to this leadership team if you need help with something. Ladies, you can go to Cheryl. I promise you. And the thing is, you can trust us. We're all going to make mistakes, myself included. 
That's why I'm sitting up here in front of y'all begging for mercy and, and, and grace and forgiveness. I expect y'all to do the same thing. If we'll do that, this church will explode. It will explode, guys. Let's pray. Father, I praise you. I ask that you continue to humble me. I ask every day. Just continue to do it, Father. The more you humble me, the more I grow. Father, I ask that you do the same thing to this leadership and this congregation. Father, I ask that they come to you boldly. They humble themselves before you so you'll exalt us. That's a promise that you give us, and I praise you for that. Every single time that I've come to you with humility, only victory is followed. I know there's some people in this room that are really struggling with decisions they've made, with pride and selfishness. God, you know I'm not trying to point on somebody or anything of that nature because I'm one of them. Father, I don't know how many times I've come to you this week because of my pride. God, what I need this congregation to walk away with today is they need to understand that they have to humble themselves before you. If they'll just come to you again boldly and just ask you to humble them and to teach them and to give them direction, it'll happen. Father, I feel you had me talk about this today because there's people in this room that are seeking answers. And it's like my brother Bo said earlier, sometimes we pray for what we want and what we see and what we feel like we need instead of your will. God, I think it's time that there's some people in this room, myself included, that surrenders to your will and not our own selfish desires. God, there's only one truth. Father, that's you. There's no way around it. Father, I just ask that you place the truth on everybody's hearts in this room. Again, if they're struggling for a decision, if they're struggling with their past, God, I just ask that you soften their hearts. I ask that they, again, come to you. Because, Father, the thing is that I know and I see it. Every time that I come to you, I see you with open arms. I'm always that prodigal son that just screws up. And you're always there. Not only you're looking for me. You're looking for me. And you see me before I even see you. Praise you for your mercy. Everybody in this room, I need you right now to envision you walking boldly to the throne of God. And his arms are wide open. Father, thank you.
we don't even come close to deserving it. Father, here in just a minute, we're going to open this altar up. We're going to give this congregation an opportunity to come to you. I need them to know that you're sitting right here at these steps. And your arms are open. Father, I praise you for your grace and mercy again. I just ask again that you place that on everybody's hearts in this room. Father, I love you. I just thank you so much for your favor. Father, I claim your presence in this room. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen.